Welcome to the Waypoint What's the Point podcast. I am Danny, one of the pastors here at Waypoint Church, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things of the life and ministry of Waypoint Church, and I'm joined by three uh, Waypoint members. So they're going to introduce themselves, and we're going to jump right into the conversation. Hey, I'm Nathan Clendenin, and uh, if you see me on a Sunday, I'm probably surrounded by my kids, <laughs> SJ, Henry, uh, Lucy, and Vivian, and my wife is Rebecca. And he also helps out with the live stream and some of the other things. And now your son, SJ, is now part of the uh, audiovisual team, too. Yeah, I roped him in, and he's, uh, yeah, he's, I just sit back and he does it all now. That's great. That's fun. <laughs> all right. My name's uh, Greg Gilland. Um, yeah, I've got a wonderful wife, Hillary. Um, two little boys. I uh, think the world of them, you know, energetic, fun, everything else, They're smart. Kids. I love those guys. They're growing up, though. They are. <laughs> and, Greg, you've been part of Waypoint since the beginning. Since right? the beginning. Since the launch team. Nathan it's always a little fuzzy on exactly when that was to yeah, me. Yeah, about nine years, nine and a half years ago, yeah. Nathan yeah. and I have been here probably, what, about seven, eight years? Yeah, yeah, yeah eight. right around the and same then, time. Yeah. And finally, who's our final uh, <laughs> yeah, Waypoint guest? The newbie. So my name is Melody Franco. Um, I have been attending Waypoint now... I guess for about a year and a half, but I've only been a member for a few months. So, okay. yeah. And you are? Oh, yes. Sorry. I am a student at Duke Divinity doing an MDiv. So I'm in my second year of the program. So I moved to Durham um, to start school here. And Have you taken yeah. any New Testament or gospel classes? I actually did, but <laughs> I'm afraid of being held responsible for that in this conversation. But uh, yeah, in our first year, we have to take two Old Testament classes and one New Testament class, okay. which we actually did spend most of the class talking about the Gospels. So I really think they should break into two classes. That would probably be helpful. But yes, so we did get to take a class. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks y'all for being here. And uh, this podcast is going to be about the Bible reading plan that we are challenging all Waypoint people to be a part of for January, February, and March. It's a 90-day plan. Uh, it's used, basically there's 89 or 90 chapters in the four Gospels, and on March 31st is Easter. So there's just a lot of cool things that came together as we were praying as a staff and what to do for Bible reading. But also with this, we feel like we want to know Jesus this year, and we want to really, if we're going to go out and share Jesus, and that's been one of our things is, is really praying for people, loving people, serving mm -hmm. people. And sharing with people in the name of Jesus and sharing who Jesus is and the hope that Jesus brings would be really good for all of us to corporately look at Jesus together in the gospel. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited. I hope it's been encouraging for all of you church members. We are, it's the what, the 16th today? Yep. Yeah, the 16th. So we're in Matthew chapter 16 is today's reading. But before we jump deep in, we always ask an icebreaker question. Sometimes they're really embarrassing. This one is not. <laughs> uh, but it's, are you a big reader? And if so, have you always been a reader? Or were there times in your life where you read more? And then what do you like to read? So why don't we start with you, Melly? Yeah, so I have always enjoyed reading. I say this with like fear and trembling because I know some people who are readers and they read like over a book a week. Now, I'm not to that level, okay. but I do enjoy reading. As a kid growing up, I loved reading mysteries. So like Boxcar Kids, Cam Jansen, if any of this <laughs> is familiar to anyone. Um, so loved that kind of stuff. I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter growing up. So then in high school, I read it and it was great. So that was awesome, <laughs> love that. And now I read, honestly, less fiction. Um, and more, I read a lot for school. Yeah, unfortunately, um, <laughs> seminary seminary is the one time where you read in maybe grad school or English degrees. Yeah, it's but hard I think to read it's for enjoyment. grown yeah. my love for reading too, because it's just, I don't know, driven my endurance, I guess, up for reading. So even on breaks now, I enjoy reading more. So now I'm more into like, I enjoy reading different theology books or like spiritual formation type of books. I really enjoy Henry Nowen is one of my favorite authors. So Awesome. Yeah, that's for me. So very much unlike Melody, I actually don't like reading at all. In fact, I really, really dislike it. 
Wow. Which is probably a bit of a surprise in this discussion. But uh, so I actually come maybe from a perspective of reading the scriptures um, that's a little un, you know, unexpected. I, I really um, – I guess we'll get to it later. But, yeah, I have to very much discipline myself and – I've grown to love it, but I guess we'll get there. But no, I really actually don't enjoy okay. reading. And, and I, an engine, what reading I do is why you went into engineering and stuff. Like you saw like the yes, liberal arts side of things, so. and you saw the yeah, very much so. the engineering science side of things, and you're like, yeah, oh. the the extent of numbers I see are variables that I can deal with. All right. The good <laughs> the good news is is Greg helps build bridges and other things, so he. Your contribution to society is very important. <laughs> yeah, so right. please keep making and. And rebuilding and reinforcing bridges for us because yes. a lot of us people, seminary type folks, we can't build bridges. So. No, no. We're grateful. That I God. can't build them either. I can design them though. Oh, okay, you can design. Them. All right. right, you can design. Them. You can make sure that they're... You, guys, you guys build theological bridges. Yeah, we build theological. <laughs> That's good. All right, how about you, Nathan? I'm sort of maybe in between. So I I do love to read, but my whole life. Well, one, at some point during high school, I trained myself to fall asleep when I read because I would always just be up late studying and wake up with like drool on my math book or whatever. <laughs> and so for the longest time, I couldn't read without just falling asleep. But I think I also realized I'd read, my reading comprehension is slow, but the part of my brain that's interested in whatever it is is like frustrated because it's not yeah. getting. Mm-hmm. So it's like the two sides of my brain are warring each other and it, it gets uncomfortable. It's like a weird feeling. And so I discovered maybe a decade ago, like audiobooks are mm-hmm. really, really yeah. helpful for me. Um, I can be doing something mm-hmm. like driving or walking around or just, you know, working on tinkering with something and then take it right in. So lately I've been love, I've been love uh, reading nonfiction with my boys um, I got them into Brandon Sanderson books, so we've been reading lots of fantasy and science fiction and stuff, and be able cool. to kind of talk about it together. Fun, which has been cool. Great. Yeah, yeah. I love information. If y'all haven't picked up, get knowing me a little bit. I'm an absorber of information, so that includes reading. So I read a lot. I used to read the encyclopedias as kids. We only had like uh, the first five or six of them because we they were the cheap ones. They were like a dollar, and then after that, I'd read almanacs and whatever I could get my hands on. Uh, fiction, I like reading fiction, but I can my mind can wonder. So I've actually found, if I, especially if I want to read like a classic piece of fiction, I found having it, the hard, like the book and the audio. Mm-hmm. And then when I get in the car, I start listening to the audio. So that way I can keep going. Mm-hmm. So I kind of do both. If I'm just sitting by my bed, I'd rather read the book. Yeah. But mm-hmm. once, but if I don't, if I stop reading like a fiction book for like two or three days, I forget like the content, like oh, I gotta go back. So yeah. Yeah. now the Lord of the Rings is the only one that I just did over a long time. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. Cause I already knew the premise of it from the movie. So we would listen to that in the car with the boys going to school. Now they drive themselves. So it's kind of sad, but we started with like the, the uh, what's the first one? The uh, Fellowship of the Rings. Fellowship of the Rings. <laughs> and we were, and then COVID hit. So we didn't drive for a while. And then Derek and I, we, we were, we were in the uh, Return of the King. And then, uh, yeah, so it was kind of fun. But cool. yeah, so great. Is that well, Andy Circus audiobook? Uh, it's it's one I bought off does, Audible. He but the voice he's of, a British guy. He does the voice of Gollum. Too. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, does. That's Andy Circus. Yeah, this guy, <laughs> really he changes his voice so that when you're so listening good. to it, yeah, it's cool. yeah. it's really good. So so that's me. Uh, yeah, so. The guy who reads the Harry Potter books is really good, too. Okay. okay. He does every Check voice. It it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. He's a famous actor, but really cool. That's cool. <laughs> so you've kind of already introduced yourselves, or I baited you to introduce yourselves. But so we we got to know you all a little bit. So we're going to jump right into the question. So uh, what has been your experience with Bible reading up to this point? Like, yeah, just just daily reading and or Bible reading plans or anything. Yeah. Just, just what's your experience been? I can jump in on that. This okay. is Nathan. Um, I, I have a kind of a hit or miss situation with, with reading the Bible. I've since growing up, it was always ingrained to me. You have to have a quiet time. It's been time in the word. And I kind of had a certain vision for like how that was supposed to be. And I, it, it never, it, either I was like doing it really well, and then I turned into a Pharisee immediately. and was like, I'm reading the Bible. I'm so holy. <laughs> this is so awesome. 
uh, and there's actually a point in my life where I really felt like God was like, stop doing that. Just don't read anything for like 30 days. Just mm. detox from that. Cause that is not good. Mm. Um, and then the other side is just kind of just struggling to keep up the commitment of it. You know, like, like I want to have the word, but, um, just having a struggle with, I think I, I'm kind of like a whole all or nothing kind of guy. So I would like be like, let's do the Bible in a year. And the refreshing thing about this plan is like, it's just a little bit, mm-hmm. it's just a chapter, chapter a um, which uh, just a chapter. I mean, sometimes even with that, I feel like, mm-hmm. oh man, I could meditate on just this little section yeah. right here totally. and just be happy with that. Just kind of chewing on that for a while. But it's, you can sit down and read it during breakfast and not, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it, I didn't really have to change my routine that much to do it. Um, so um, that's been really cool. Yeah, one of the chapters we were recently had a lot of parables. They just like kept coming and coming and yeah. coming. And I was like, wow, this is another one, another one. I mean, I yeah. it was fine. But yeah. I was like, even just reading one chapter, it just, yeah. just a lot. One of, at a time would have been fine. Just, yeah, just, just, just a lot of theological truths and teaching. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. All right. How about you, Melody? Yeah, I think similarly to you, Nathan, I grew up in a home where. I was taught, like, saw my parents having quiet time where it's like they have their Bible and their journal and are reading and praying and all that stuff. And so from a young age, I started trying to do that and would normally just read, like, okay, I'm going to choose a book of the Bible and I'll just do, like, a chapter each day. And at some point, you may kind of fall off and never finish a book, but mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of that idea. And then in undergrad, I think the Lord just kind of, and through different classes, I got to take grew my love for scripture. And so you went to Christian college. Yes, correct, I went to so. a Christian school. I was a finance major. So at that point, it's nothing like I was not a religion major, but um, just enjoyed grew my love for scripture. And then I would say actually last year, um, my first year in seminary, I was really struggling in reading scripture consistently, just devotionally because it did kind of become this thing that I associated with homework. Because <laughs> for my Old Testament class, in the course of the class, we read I, the entire Old Testament and same with my New Testament class. So I was reading like bulk, like portions of scripture where it's like, okay, for class, read all of Isaiah in like the week. And so you're trying to like plow through. And so I think with that, my devotional life had to really shift and I started reading much more of just reading a psalm each day and that's pretty much it. So most of last year, that's what I was doing was the psalms and not as much. Um, I didn't have much of a plan or structure in my scripture reading life and I had to start doing a lot more of like prayer walking and things that allowed me to move around and felt less academic because um, those things just got kind of tied together I think um yeah so that's kind of been me recently in my scripture reading life and journey so yeah I think my my journey has been a little bit different than you guys um I didn't really grow up in a home that maybe emphasized that or sort of modeled that in any way and so um I think when it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly I it's I mean, give or take 15 years, I've probably have pretty much been in the scriptures nearly daily. Now, the interesting thing is, though, is that I think it's taken on different forms in different seasons. I've definitely gone through that season of, you know, thinking I'm somehow better than other people or (laughs) or sort of quasi-judgmental on other people because they weren't. So I've been through that. And um but I've also blended it in also with like discipleship time. I think I would categorize it as that where I've done reading with other, especially other young men. Um, so it's taken on different seasons. I think I'm kind of currently in a season where I'm still daily reading, but it, it doesn't feel is um, I don't devote quite, quite as much time. Like I, I, there was the seasons where I would spend like, I would wake up like, Four thirty and four four thirty in the morning and spend two hours like that, and I, I don't feel that intense about it anymore. Um, I kind of have more of just an enjoyment in the time that I have in it now, and so I think that's kind of really been my journey. That's cool. And for me, I struggle with like making it academic. Even when I wasn't a pastor, <laughs> I just 
kind of I I'm a dialogue debater type person, so I'd be reading it like, oh, I can use this one to like, <laughs> like my friend last night said this. Now I can use this. So so I've always struggled to read the Bible devotionally. I was definitely not the youth group kid who read the Bible every day. I mean, I barely read the Bible. I did have a King James Bible as a kid. So maybe that contributed to the problem. <laughs> I remember getting an NIV probably in like eighth grade and being like, oh, wow, I can actually understand what it's saying. Mm-hmm. And then, but I had it and I would hold it and stuff. But I remember reading, I don't know why, I was just sitting in church because I was always bored in church. I was just sitting there. I was probably in eighth grade and I remember reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7, just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And I got to the do not worry. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, heard in my life. Mm-hmm. So I probably read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. 80 times between ninth grade and my senior year of high school. Like, that's all I read. Like, that was the only Bible. It's probably a good thing. I mean, the Sermon on the Mount's very, very pivotal. But, mm-hmm. and then later on, I just learned different techniques. But I've, I've always, I, I probably enjoy like two to three chapters a day max because mm-hmm. I like to let it soak in. I feel like once. So I like the year, I've done two year long Bible reading plans, they're great. Mm-hmm. but sometimes they're a little too much or I did it for a class where I just had to read like all of Joshua and I was like way behind and like my eyes are just going going back and forth really fast I will say this for those listening if you're having a hard time reading the Bible I, I can't stress it enough the New Living Translation really helps especially just if you just want to read a large chunk and you just don't have time to like and you just want your brain to immediately absorb it because what the translators of the New Living Translation are doing is they're taking the Hebrew and the Greek idioms and putting it into modern English so that you're not, your brain just, you're just hearing it how we would hear it. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get as close to how they think the original audience would have received it. So there's there's value in all the translations, but mm-hmm. I would say that sometimes that's a very helpful tool, especially if you have a hard time reading the Bible. I would say the New Living Translation is, is, a, is a big blessing to the church. I have a quick question. Would yeah. that mean like if you read the New Living Translation 100 years from now, it wouldn't make as much sense to that. Like, it's, it's kind of culturally bound or uh, some kind of No, time. I think it'd be a little more like... 500 years it, from now? Or? Yeah, I think it's a little more like just... It, it, it's going... It's just today's English. So it would, yeah. it would... Like, King James doesn't make much sense to us. Right. Even though King James is more literal than the New Living. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. But it's it doesn't make sense because we just don't use the word yonder or we don't use the... Thou. <laughs> I beseech you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're just Christian words now. So yeah. I think it, yeah, so yes and no. But okay. I, I think more what the New Living does is it's it's just trying to, so so for example, the example I always use is when I was in China, uh, if you were asking someone, hey, are you coming? They would say this word like ma shang. And ma means on, and sh- I mean, ma means horse, and shang means on. Like, and it literally means like I'm on the horse. So somewhere in ancient oh. times, it meant I'm on the horse. So us as international learners, we're reading it literally, and we're like, oh, on the horse. My Chinese friends never in a million years thought of the that the word on the horse is linked to the word for I'm on, right. I'm coming, because they're and they're just like our English words that are linked to old words. Mm-hmm. So I think that if the Bible were to translate that on the horse, or should they translate it, I'm coming. And I would say the King James, the ESV, they would translate it more like on the horse. Right. But nobody says on the horse anymore in modern English. So that's that's the dilemma of a I literal gotcha. translation. So I don't know. But yeah. good question. Yeah. But I think I think because we have these tools, we're blessed as American Christians. So it's mm-hmm. a good oh, thing. Totally. And actually, okay, I, this wasn't on your sheet, but what translation have you all used or has been a blessing to you? I noticed one guy in the group has... Quoted the message a little bit in uh, the quotes, which the yes. message is a fun. The message is even more. It's considered a paraphrase, where mm-hmm. the New Living is considered a translation. But yeah. yeah, how about translations or any any tools that you've used to help you in your Bible reading? Well, I'll, I'll say like I the when you said you read uh, the New Living and you're like oh, oh then you first got the NIV. That's mm-hmm. how I was. The message I was in high school when that kind of came out, and it was like ah. Oh, I can really just read. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like struggling. What does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do like that one, but I recognize it is, you know, it, it's not, ex- it's not yeah, maybe it's, as exact as you want. So I do the ESV. I have them side by side. So oh, I kind of, I'll glance over like, what does the ESV say? Okay. It's saying the same thing over here. And like, so that's good. Yeah. Any other things that have helped y'all or 
different. Yeah, I mean, use. I definitely, I, I, I do enjoy jumping around, especially when I'm sort of pausing and meditating over a certain passage. I, I like to go sort of explore what different translations and how they kind of phrase it and sort of see if I can pick up on anything with that. But I, so I did um, like a sort of a bigger, sort of more formal Bible study for a number of years called Bible Study Fellowship. Oh, yeah. And what they used was the NIV. And so mm-hmm. that kind of burned in a, uh, a yeah. thing with me. And so I'm not as good as I'd like to be with, uh, you know, Bible memory, you know, passages and stuff. But if I were, that's what would aid me in that is sticking with one translation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I also, my, the physical Bible that, I use is an NIV. So that's what I've been reading. Sometimes I'll go on the Bible app and look up different translations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the message, sometimes the CEB. Um, the CEB is a little closer to the New Living. It's trying to be a little more. Um, yeah, I'll have to check English. out the New Living. Yeah. So They're I'd say, similar. other than that, if there is, um, there have been several instances where I've read something and I'm like, I just don't. I don't understand. I don't get this. And then I go to Google, which, (laughs) and I just kind of look up like different commentaries and what other people are saying and kind of see like, okay, what, which can be, I mean, you know, kind of uh, murky waters of like what's reliable, what's not. So Danny, if you have any insight into that. And then occasionally too, which for all the like real, uh, I guess like, original language nerds sometimes i'll go on to like blue layer bible if there's really i want to look at a greek word i've done this like twice maybe in the span of the couple weeks so i have not i don't do this all the time but that's something accessible to everyone um is to see a word and then just see other places where it's being used Mm -hmm. and that can just be helpful of trying to get to the root meaning of the word and understanding um yeah, the other areas and how that might influence how we should interpret it. So, and yeah, then that's one of the advantages of one of the advantages of a more literal translation is they'll use the same word every time mm-hmm. to dismay. Or, you know what I'm saying? Because in yeah. English, some you know you translate a word in another language in English, and we might have three words. Like, for example, the word for love. Yeah. Everyone knows that there's mm-hmm. multiple Greek words for love, but in English we translate it i guess we could the translations could say brotherly love or erotic love but they don't in our bible it would Mm. be weird so they all even the niv will just say love Mm -hmm. but maybe the new living or the ceb or the message would try to like throw in another word that's not in the original greek so you know which love (laughs) which Mm. which is it agape or is it you know eros or something so yeah so that's a the tool so that the good the beautiful thing about the about having a digital uh, option is that you have the ability to jump translations mm-hmm. very quickly, so you're yeah. you can quit without a lot of work. Back in the day, they had parallel Bibles, and people might have multiple Bibles. The con is if you read the Bible on your phone, and you're the, a distracted person. That's so. Yeah. There's different different people will have different ways, but yeah, I would say use multiple translations. I would also say a good study Bible. Is helpful. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is the old school study Bibles. I'm literally looking at a few on the shelf are really thick and they have tiny print mm-hmm. because that's what they had to do to make them work. So, but the good thing about the study Bibles is when you get to a passage and it's like, this could mean this, or people in history thought it meant that. It just kind of says that this is not a, a first tier doctrine understanding what Paul means exactly when he says this, that there's, you're, you you feeling confused is validated by the <laughs> fact that the the study bible acknowledges that you know we think it means this but there's a couple options so if you're interested in a good study bible or anything about you know using technology like blue letter bible or that melody mentioned you can come talk to me and I've I'm kind of an expert at this I have I have literally thousands of dollars worth of bible software and I use <laughs> wow. I use it I've been doing it for about 20 years so I used to have a Palm Pilot, and I got a Palm Pilot oh, yeah. like 20 years ago so that I could do Bible software. Awesome. So yeah, yeah, I so. will also shout out one free resource for people if you're interested in looking more at like the Greek is Step Bible is a popular one, and you can just Google Step Bible, and yeah. that's a free online resource if you want to go around and just 
play around and check it out and see what you see. Cool. Yeah, we might do a, like a waypoint seminar on that. Um, thanks, thanks, y'all. All right, so um, let's jump into. We started this Bible reading plan. What are your thoughts on the Gospels so far? I'm Matthew. You know, or no, no, sorry. Before we before we start talking about Matthew, just what were your, what did you know about the Gospels? Bef- yeah, what was kind of like? Yeah, what do, what do you, when you think about the Gospels, what what comes to mind? When I think of like if you're just comparing to the whole Bible, the Gospels are like the main dish, like the juicy steak, <laughs> and some other parts. I won't throw any Can any books under the Bible. I <laughs> 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 won't throw any other books of the Bible under the bus. But there's some that are kind of like vegetables that aren't that tasty, or it's just kind of like you're like it's hard to like chew into it. But you know, <laughs> if you open the Gospels, you're gonna meet Jesus. It's not he's right there. It's not um, you know connecting it to Jesus through, you know, terrible acts of sin and like, yeah, and exactly. And yeah. Stuff and Joshua yeah. or judges exactly. Or exactly. It's, it's so very, very, yeah. That's um, an interesting take. And so. then you know, like the letter, the Paul's letters are kind of like, you know, your mashed potatoes and gravy. They're also good. They're all, they're easy to get into. They can be thick and intense and it's not the main course, but yeah. Okay. And this is Nathan's opinion. Y'all <laughs> This isn't like the theological. <laughs> this is not. Like, this isn't approved theologically by John approved Calvin by and all, all the theologians of history. He's just yeah. using that as an example of how how you kind of thought through it. Well, I, I don't subscribe to. I know there's yeah. people who who say like lots of parts of the Bible are too controversial. Just read the words of Jesus. And I yeah. definitely don't agree with that. But yeah. if you could only read the words of Jesus, that's better than nothing. I would say. Yeah. So good. And I've heard it always taught like. The Old Testament is the scriptures, and the New Testament is kind of like the commentary on the Old Testament, and the Gospels are like how we get the commentary. Yeah. Like Paul, when Paul writes Romans or Philippians, he's basically writing it through the lens of Genesis and Deuteronomy and Ezekiel and the New Covenant and David and, and then how Jesus fulfills it, and then he's coming out on the other side. So here's what you need to do as a church here's how you can be a local church because god's done all these things in history and looking at jesus is the final piece of the puzzle that we need you know and what he says and how he left us as a church so paul seeing it as like it's like all like coming into it as a funnel and then then it comes out of the gospels as the Mm -hmm. letters how about you greg any uh how yeah have you approached the gospel you said you didn't grow up reading the bible a lot as a kid or whatever so this was more of an adult pursuit for you yeah for sure I, th- I think there's there's lots of things i think that are awesome about the, the 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 gospel accounts i mean for one thing it's a bit of a unique literary style i think and i, mean, yeah. I can't speak to that perfectly but mm-hmm. in the sense that all every other story is told by one sort of perspective and this is the one time in the bible where you get sort of not just four unique perspectives but four unique craftings of how they want to tell the story mm-hmm. and they're they're all quite unique yeah you know they're um you know the one that stands out i don't remember the exact term and how it's differentiated but the gospel of john definitely stands out as being highly yeah. unique mm-hmm. um i've always maybe gravitated a little bit more towards the gospel of matthew mm-hmm. and maybe luke a little um and if I'm in a time crunch, math, uh, Mark rather, a little shorter. Um, I've actually suddenly. It's, and then it's yeah, it's funny because <laughs> I he's mentioned on, uh, he's 1.5 x. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's funny because I mentioned how I've spent you know time like just hours on certain mm-hmm. mornings. I've actually I've done this where I've actually read through like the entire Mark account like before church on a Sunday morning. That's I've done awesome. that several times, and. Uh, so there is blessings even in that, right? Yeah. That that it's just it's a little bit yeah, it's a little overwhelming. You can't possibly pause at every, you know, thing that you might be tempted to or whatever, but there's some blessing in reading about, you know, the life of Jesus all the way from, you know, his birth and and everything right on through to resurrection and everything. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think that's that's I mean, and then it's just loaded with things like parables that you could camp out on for for just forever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I was going to say, Greg, I also, when I think about the gospels, 
think of them kind of in their relation to each other of like, oh, they're kind of these like weird siblings who are like all kind of different. And then there's some <laughs> mm-hmm. similarities with like John being the most mm-hmm. kind of unique. And um, I think beyond that too, was interesting. My most prior to starting this reading plan, my most recent time reading the gospels was for my class back last year. So I haven't honestly read the gospels much since last spring. Um, and with that, what we did is we had to read each book just like front, like beginning to end and pick up on different themes we saw running throughout it. And that is an interesting exercise. Um, because I mean, I think there's great value in taking it in smaller chunks to really absorb it, but there is something really cool how you said what you did for Mark of Mm -hmm. kind of reading the whole storyline front like beginning to end and seeing different threads woven throughout. Um, So I think that was a cool experience, but also it's hard to really remember much from Mm -hmm. honestly, those experiences after the fact, like now months later. Um, So I think really when I think of the gospels, I think of what are the life and teachings of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus and um, how that's, you know, I think just hear a lot about how that, this is the model of like, how are we to live? And um, all of Jesus's statements are just so like loaded with meaning and challenging. And so it's reading it is this like beautiful, um, I don't know, like how you said, Nathan, there are these things that are just really easy to like, just like, do not be anxious. But it's like, yes, I'll, I received that. And then other things Jesus says, that's like, wait, what? Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. The parables, like, there's just so many, you can just read them over and over. And it's mm-hmm. always, I don't know, like, you just feel like you can't get to the end of it, really, and mm-hmm. the like, root of it all the time. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's yeah. kind of for me. I mean, there's literally millions not millions, maybe hundreds of thousands of American Christians who would acknowledge that they've read the prodigal son story 800 times. And then Tim Keller gives this one sermon about (laughs) the older brother. And they're like, I never thought of that. It's so obvious after he said it, he wrote a little book about it too, based on the sermons, like the prodigal God, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And like so many Americans are like, I literally read this like 500 times and never once thought about the older brother or like how to even, yeah like where he fits in the story that that's really important that like yeah yeah so I, I think yeah sorry yeah I was just gonna say it's interesting you say that too because the gospels are probably typically some of the stories and passages we've heard the most sermons on and teaching around so sometimes even that you have one particular way to read it in your mind so then going into it sometimes it's hard to see something different yeah you know so I think that's a yeah, and that's where maybe either going really slow mm-hmm. or really fast, like reading a lot, like getting an NIV or a New Living or a message and saying, I'm going to try to read like the whole section mm-hmm. all in one sitting or listening to it helps mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. so that you're kind of like, oh, when you when you hear a lot of stuff in a row, like my last sermon on Ezekiel, I was looking at the passage where Jesus, I, I like, Jesus says, you know, from this reading, and yeah, he's like, yeah. my burden is e- mm. my burden is light, my yoke is easy. I'm like, everything else before and after it, he's confronting Pharisees and stuff. Like, he's he's being the prophet. Like, yeah. you wouldn't think that that's where that segment would be. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't seem to make sense. But if you think about it as he's trying to, like, do something, so by reading it really fast, because mm. I was behind, actually, I mean, I'm acknowledging... <laughs> Because I was reading a lot of Ezekiel, trying to figure out what the heck Ezekiel 4 through 7 mean. God actually showed me, and the Bible Project guys also talked about that Jesus' prophetic ministry. I happened to be listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago on Jesus' prophetic ministry. Yeah, and I was like, wow, like, I missed that. Mm -hmm. Like, that this is where we get this super... I mean, people teach that and say that all the time, but you don't think about it in terms of what Jesus is doing kind of before and after it and what's going on. And that that that's another layer of the teaching. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, well, that's that's awesome. And so, what are, so what has God taught you in the past two weeks? We have read through Matthew's gospel. And we're on today, at least yesterday, we're at least on fi- chapter fifteen. 
What are some things? I mean, every if you if you want to be on the plan where people share their uh, I, thoughts, mm-hmm. you can just email me or just go on the front page of the church website and click on the link and join the the Bible app group, and you can get that. Now, if if it gets sent to your email, you can change the notifications because it will be really annoying. If every time someone writes one, you can just do it where you can just read them at the end of the day. I need to figure out how to do that because yeah, I get yeah. an email for yeah, each person. Yeah, there's there's a way to send a there's a way to send a notification to okay. change the notifications. But yeah, so yeah. what are, what is some things that God's taught you in these past uh, two weeks? And reading reading Matthew. I, I mean, I think it's it's uh, it's a little bit of a difficult question. I know it's a straightforward question, but I, I like. I just I, I I try to frame things and underst- with an understanding that like, you know, whatever season of life you happen to be in, like that you, you know you you read the scriptures through that lens a, a bit, mm-hmm. and yeah. not um, even a bit, sometimes a lot, sometimes yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. yes, of course, um, and so yeah, a lot of the discussions because my wife Hillary is doing the reading plan with me, and so we have a lot of reflection time over things that stood out to either one of us and we pray through things and stuff. And, uh, and we're in a season right now where we're, we're sort of in a mourning stage a bit with family and, and a, and a, a, a close family member, it's, uh, going through some pain. And so, um, yeah, I mean, everything from, from Jesus's healings, we've been sort of totally focusing on, on those things. Um, uh, the passage you just read about, you know, his yoke is easy. And, uh, there's, there's so many things I would say that stand out to me. Um, I think one of the things that is, is a super encouragement to me. And one of the big reasons why I like to comment nearly every day is just to encourage engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love reading other people's mm-hmm. thoughts. Um, Greg gets up the earliest, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you start, you, you, you and like one other person start the conversation early in the morning. Except I was, I was the first on a Saturday and I was like, well, oh, let's go. Greg's kids let him sleep in. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's, I mean, there's lots of things I totally would say, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the Sermon on the Mount to me is always a place that, you know, I think like the is the uh, Bible project video that he did on they did on Ezekiel that we just did you know watched on Sunday morning when he describes this thr- throne room you know the word is kavod you know the mm-hmm. glory of God is kavod mm-hmm. and it's like this idea that conveys heaviness or significance um and in a totally different way that's that's for many years that's the way I sort of pause at the sermon on the mount because I see it as so mm-hmm. significant and so mm-hmm. beautiful and so I mean, the Beatitudes are just a place that I could camp out for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's there's probably lots of things I could yeah. talk about here, but uh, yeah, those are just some. Awesome. Yeah, that's really good. I do really enjoy your comments, Greg, so thank you for doing <laughs> that. They're always very, just very insightful. I enjoy it. And I think similarly, it kind of, it is just helpful seeing different people's comments because everyone reads it kind of in a different way or something stands out to someone that Mm -hmm. didn't stand out to me. So it's helpful. I think personally what has stood out, honestly, more as I've reflected a bit in thinking about us doing the podcast, because I do think it's been a bit for me of doing the reading as a discipline and trusting sometimes. Like, I don't really know. I don't fully understand what I read and I don't really feel like I'm have a big takeaway, but I'm trusting that the spirit is at work and teaching me. Um, mm. Thanks for your honesty. That's good. I feel like, a lot of us yeah. are at yeah. that point a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I think though, in looking back, a theme that does kind of stand out to me so far is just how so far in Matthew, we just see again and again, Jesus kind of redirecting people um, and redirecting the teachers of the law, the ones considered religious authority and the ones who have it together Mm. and um, really uplifting the humble. Mm. And it's the Beatitudes are, is also a passage that um, is very meaningful to me. And I think that is just such a great, um, For me, I think as someone who tends to be drawn to spiritual disciplines of like, what can I do? I 
tell me God the rules and I'll follow them and I'll be great at following you God like and think I you know you start thinking like oh I've got this figured out of like how to follow God and I'm doing it and I think it has been um just a lot of moments of conviction especially Jesus just repeatedly um quoting where is it where um I desire mercy not sacrifice Mm. Jesus quotes it several times it's from the Old Testament but I can't tell you where my apologies everyone but um even just that I think okay Isaiah awesome um Thank you. So yeah, so even that, just thinking about that, I could think about that for a while of like, what does that mean? And reading today in Matthew 16 about Jesus telling the disciples, like, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. And I'm like, what does that mean today of like, where's the yeast of this like self-righteousness and how is that in me? And I, so I don't know. I think it's, um, challenged me, um, to just be reminded and the bible project talks a lot about this idea of the upside down kingdom Mm -hmm. like they've used that phrase a good bit in their videos and so i think being reminded of that and kind of thinking about like what what end do i think i'm on in a way of do i am i threatened by the kingdom of god that uplifts the vulnerable the needy the humble the ones who know their need for Mm. God, who admit their need. Um, Like those are the people who end up recognizing Jesus for who Mm -hmm. he is, not the people who think they already know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, I think especially as a seminary student, like there is kind of this idea of you have, you're studying this, so you're, you're supposed to know things that other people don't because you're the one who's studying it and going to school for it. And I don't know, like there's so much I don't know. And, um, and sometimes it feels wrong to admit that because then it feels like, oh, that, that what does that say about my pastor's studies, kid. you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm also a pastor's kid. Um, but I think just being reminded of, you know, we see Jesus, he cares for the one who's humble yeah. and mm-hmm. has compassion and is just gracious. So um, I think that's been an area of conviction and encouragement for me. Yeah, thanks for your honesty. And that passage is from Hosea, but also there's a parallel idea in like Isaiah 1. So I think it's like, I just looked it up, but yeah, it's like Hosea Mm. and then Isaiah. But yeah, thanks for sharing. And I, yeah, yeah, I think as for all of you out there, like this isn't a magical formula or whatever. I think sometimes the quiet time has become this American. It's a beautiful thing. I'd much rather people read the Bible every day and dig deep. Yeah. Then not at the same time, I think you come in with like if you come in with certain expectations and they're not met, either you're down on yourself or you're you might look at others and be like, Mm -hmm. how come they're getting the experiences or they're Mm -hmm. and I'm not or you might be frustrated with God or the word. So as you come to this, if, if you're just reading it every day and you're just like, it's not happening, that's okay. You're still reading the words of Jesus. You're Mm -hmm. reading the good news. And God will yeah. continue to work in your life through it. Sometimes it's like Shakespeare. I don't know when y'all were like you'd read Shakespeare in ninth grade and you'd read something at home and you're like, I have no idea what I just read. And then you come to class the next day and your teacher explains it and you're like, oh, yeah, makes a little more yeah. sense. Sometimes even in reading the Gospels, even in reading the letters, there's those moments where we just have to do it as a discipline, do it. And God's going to show it to us. Or like you said, you're going to find things that are just profound. And I'm glad. It seems like so far the two of y'all, the the Beatitudes have been a big thing. I mean, the Beatitudes literally changed my life. I told you about my only reading Matthew 5 through 7. Yeah. But how about you, Nathan? Any? Well, I was going to say, when, Melody, when you're sharing the 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 kind of colloquialism came to my mind that, that I've never thought about applying it this way, but it's it's more about who you know than what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like getting to know Jesus and it, uh, yeah, it's just, that's more important than being able to articulate 
the theology behind something perfectly or the mm-hmm. this or that or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, could, I easily can get hung up on that. Like, did I say that right or whatever? Um, but yeah, for, so for me, it, my answer is a little bit meta too. Like I think back in December, I came, it was during worship service, um, and I just felt like God wanted me to go ask for prayer. And um, I went to, to Ruby's line. Uh, she's my my favorite, I'll admit. <laughs> to pray with Ruby is, is, is right, awesome. Um, and I just, God even gave me the words to, pr- to like ask very specifically. I said, I need, I'm asking for an insatiable thirst for the word of God. Mm-hmm. And she said, me too. <laughs> and we prayed together. And I, mm-hmm. I thought in my mind, I'm like, I'm the next time I open the Bible, I'm just going to not be able to stop. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, but I think what God has shown me through this is that like, um, just kind of developing the habit of it. And by, mm-hmm. and like, I haven't read the book all the way through. There's this little book about atomic habits. Mm-hmm. And like the idea is like the best habit is one that you can actually do. And so mm-hmm. if you go in gung ho on something, whatever it is, a new fad diet or, reading the Bible in a year. Oh, a year's not fast enough. So I'm going to read it in six months. Like you go crazy and then you burn out and it's so it's not a good habit because mm-hmm. it didn't stick. And so I feel like that is really what God has shown me is just taking that daily chunk. I literally, it doesn't add any time to my day from before. I'm just eating my breakfast, <laughs> but this, now I'm reading the Bible while I'm doing it instead of whatever I was doing before. Um, and it, that's been huge. Um, and to also do that with my family has been awesome too. So um, I don't have to bug them. Like, hey, did you read your word? They're like, oh yeah, I did that 20 minutes ago. Um, and then we talk about it on the way to school or on the way wherever. And they'll kind of bring up questions, which is super awesome to, to be at that phase with my kids. They're in eighth grade and sixth grade, the, the older ones, um, to be able to just, yeah, dig into some questions and and I'm, I'm very careful to not always have the answers either. I don't want mm-hmm. them to think you have to have all the answers and be like, I don't know what he's talking about, but let's, let's talk about it and see what, see what we come up with. And yeah, I think so. a couple of thoughts on that. Like, I mean, I think one of the things that I think I, I think there's some pushback in the church and rightfully so when we talk about disciplines and that you can get overly legalistic with some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I've, found it helpful to kind of reframe the word or just even use a little different word, like the word rhythm mm-hmm, is to build mm-hmm. a rhythm into my life or yeah. into our family's lives to where like, you know, and it, it doesn't have to have this rigidity to it or str- it can have a lot of fluidity and a lot of flexibility, but Saturdays kind of tend to look like Saturdays every, every, you know, and Monday through Friday for us tend to look like Monday through Friday is the mm-hmm. same. And so the, those morning times, they look a certain way. They, but they they can have tons of you, you can have tons of freedom in that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the other thing I was thinking too is that um, um, there's, I think that, you know, when you really, you know, when you create that space, like, I think oftentimes, you know, you were alluding to this in school is like you can take this academic approach and think. You know, you, you, you come to these things and you come, you say, I got, I got questions, I got questions. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then you, you go in this quest for, for answers. And, and I think what we lose in that sometimes is the journey towards the answer, I think, is the actual blessing. Because mm-hmm. the journey we're taking, you know, with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit towards that answer is the real blessing. It's not, mm-hmm. so sometimes, you know, it, don't, don't be rushed to get the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes savor in the process of finding that answer. Well, yeah, the Bible Project guys are big on this because they Jewish feel meditation like Americans <laughs> made the Bible from Jewish meditative literature to an instruction manual. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Somehow we've turned it into an instruction manual. Yeah, and not this thing that you come to that's holy and and that not that the instruction manual people didn't think it was holy, but you come to it and you're just like, it's gonna teach me. Yeah, it's gonna mm-hmm. like. I'm going to listen, I'm going to ponder, I'm going to chew on it, I'm going to yeah. just just let it soak in and, and meditate on it. Uh, I think even I grew up in the 80s when you started hearing about meditation and Eastern meditation. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like Christians didn't want to... It's a bad word. Yeah, it was like kind of a bad <laughs> word. I know there were other circles, like some Anglicans and some others who 
weren't afraid of that. But generally we were like, yep, just me, the spirit. And like, I'm going to get all the answers. And it was to like, and it, it, you know, it's, it's okay. I'm the most answer guy possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just how God (laughs) wired me. So even my answer for like what I've been learning is Matthew is basically the old Testament. Mm. He's just showing Jesus is just talking about the old Testament. And he's like, Hey, I'm this, I'm the answer to all the problems. No, I'm the prophet. I'm the King. I'm Mm. the, the Passover lamb. I'm the, we haven't got that far yet, but he's like, I'm all the things. But I think the thing that struck me is when, when we preached through Joshua, it was hard. That was like right when COVID had started Mm. that we literally, we started the podcast because we couldn't share we were like giving these sermons on Joshua and it's so harsh to think like the Canaanite conquest and all this stuff. And we're like, we can't have qualifier and qualifier and qualifier on Sunday morning. It would just yeah. be like, it'd become into a lecture. Like, yeah. So we created the podcast to mm-hmm. like actually like answer some of those questions mm-hmm. that we could talk about in a more discussion format. The ones who have been working on the sermons, including the staff who are like helping us process it, not just the ones preaching. And, I remember like reading the thing about Jericho and it's like, God says it should never be rebuilt ever again. And it gets rebuilt by non-Jewish people outside of the Hebrew community. And then inside they, and Jesus literally goes there and redeems it. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus Mm -hmm. is on this redemption tour Mm -hmm. of like reversing all the bad stuff from Joshua. And then Mm -hmm. the Canaanite conquest is the thing like God says, go destroy these like eight tribes. Okay. What does Matthew do at the beginning? He talks about four Canaanite women mm-hmm. in the list. And then when he gets to the passage, what we read yesterday, he calls her a Canaanite woman. Mm-hmm. Luke calls her a Syrophoenician woman. Mm-hmm. He chooses intentionally to use the word Canaanite. Like Jesus is literally the people that God said, you need to destroy and drive them out. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the next Joshua, Jesus' name is Joshua. Yes, yeah. that's, that's his name redeems all of that. So all the brokenness of Joshua was just God's God wow. God's goodness and I mean those Canaanite people sacrificed children like mm. all the time. They were like brutal. If we saw them today, our armies would want to annihilate yeah. them too. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm saying this yeah. respectfully. If we saw like when we needed to stop the Nazis concentration camps, like yeah. that was the right thing to do. If you would have seen what the Canaanites were doing, you would want yeah. to. So but then Jesus comes in and just Matthew just throws that word out. He doesn't have to use the word mm-hmm. Canaanite. He could use the word, the more regional word. So I don't know. That's what I started seeing. Is like, <laughs> holy cow, Jesus is just saving people and loving people and mm-hmm. showing that all that brokenness in the Old Testament, this in Joshua and Judges, inside the Hebrew community, they're broken, messed up, and outside. He's, he's just like loving these people. And at Pentecost, all those bad people that they had to like, or called to like fight and stuff are all the people who are getting saved. You know what I'm saying? They're like, there's people mm-hmm. from this land and that mm-hmm. land. And I don't know, just, just a complete reversal of all the chaos mm-hmm. and all the brokenness of the old Testament. I mean, God's always been generous and gracious, the whole old Testament, but like yeah. Matthew's trying to show Jesus, not as this earthly military leader that conquers the Roman empire that they all wanted, mm-hmm. but a guy who's going to come in and, go into Jericho and march up from Jericho to Jerusalem and heal people and go to the, the Canaanite territory. I mean, the, the outside of Jerusalem territory and where the passage we read yesterday and, and just love people and heal them. Mm. And, mm. you know, I don't know, it's Samaritans, like just everything that's happening in Matthew is like a reversal of all the junk and garbage and messes, mistakes of the old Testament. Mm. Wow. So I don't know. That's where I've been getting excited. Sorry. That was a little, uh, I'm supposed to let y'all talk, and then I talk. <laughs> no, See, I'm a bad good. podcast host. I'm the worst. All right. Well, any encouragement for those for the rest of the plan? We got about, what, two and a half months? Um, yeah, just kind of just any things you want to share that you're learning or that you want to just share for your Waypoint brothers and sisters as they move forward toward this journey to Easter and reading God's Word. I'd say um, the thing that comes to my mind just to encourage you listening um, is prayer. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking about how, you know, how I was talking about when reading scripture. Sometimes you may not feel it. You may not desire it. And that's okay. Just 
continue to do it and pray for that desire to grow. Um, and I do think that God honors that prayer um, when we pray for a growing hunger and thirst for the word of God and um, for the spirit. And so I just encourage you to pray, pray before you read, just that the Lord would open up his word to you and, um, and expect to encounter God um, as you read. Um, so that would be my um, encouragement to you and just encouragement to on days where you feel like you didn't get much out of it. I know for me, reading what other people are learning is really encouraging and helpful, as well as using that as a space to even just comment a question of like, hey, does anyone have thoughts on this or this stood out to me? What do you all think? Um, I've done that too on things where that stand out, but I don't necessarily have something insightful to say. <laughs> and that's okay. You can just ask questions. Um, so yeah, but hope to see you in the comment section. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably the, the best comment section, most uh, social media comment sections where relationships fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. People. Great job. Waypoint family. Great job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's, that's healthy, man. I, I, I think I don't have anything specific except to say like, um, if you haven't started, just start where we're at. You don't even have to catch up. Just just yeah. start where we're at. Jump in. Miss a day. It, it's not about the perfection of it. It's like you're doing, you're reading more than you were before. Yeah. You know? If if you make it through this plan and you read half of each of the Gospels, that's great. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's more, more than you would have had if you just did nothing so it's not an all or nothing kind of thing and that's where that's my own has been my approach in the past where just like oh all or nothing and then like i I get to the all and then Mm -hmm. it falls apart and i just quit and it's like that was that sucks so in that vein it'd be okay if you missed a day or two because something came up just jump ahead don't feel like if you want to do the three three chapters in a row that's fine too but if you just need to read the one chapter Later on that day, and not even feel guilty about going back. That's okay. Yeah, Jesus' words are always stand firm on their each 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 section stands yeah, firm on totally. its own. All right. Well, I'm going to read this to close. Unless Craig, do you have any? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I would say I'm almost try to give a word of encouragement from the word itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you yeah. don't mind, I'll just read a little passage. Yeah, from... read it. I was yeah. I don't go. know if you were going to read. No, no. I don't know what re- you had in mind. It'd be really cool if God picked the same thing for oh, both of wow, us. Oh, yeah. wow. Read, read what you were going to read. That would be cool. But yeah. Isaiah 55. No, I picked from Matthew, but let's okay. read Isaiah 55. Go. Okay. You know, Matthew and Isaiah are paralleled, and we preach them together at Waypoint. They're, yeah. they're, they're, this, I, yeah. I'm sure this passage is probably familiar for a lot of yeah. us, but uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, mm. neither your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Amen. And so... I would just totally encourage anybody to engage. Just get there. Mm-hmm. Just get there and be with Jesus, be with the church, mm. yeah. and let the Lord do what He's planning to do with it. Mm. Mm. Thanks, Greg. Y'all, you got Amen. brothers and sisters who love you, and we're here Amen. for each other. And if if life's hard, you're having a hard time, share that with others. If you're in a community group, share it with them. If you're not in a community group, Come talk to us and we'll connect you with people. But we we have God's word, we have his church, and we have his spirit. And uh, thank you, Greg, for reading that. I was just going to read this. Bless are the poor in spirit, or blessed if you grew up in the King James era, <laughs> for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in the modern New Living and some of the others would say, blessed are those who recognize their need for God. Mm-hmm. That's what it would mean to be poor, who are poor and recognize their need yeah. for God. And in Luke's... Uh, Sermon on the Mount account. He just says, "Blessed are those who are poor, mm. 
literally like who don't have money because there's something when you, I guess when you don't have money or resources, you have to rely on God. Mm, yeah. So let's be those people. The first mm. words that comes out of our Lord's mouth when he proclaims on the mountain, this new command is to recognize our need for God. And mm. one of the ways to do that is to d- dig into his word. And thanks for reading that Isaiah passage. That's, that's, that's what the word does when we, when we let it transform us. So, Thanks y'all for coming out and joining the podcast. And for those of y'all at home, uh, this will go out in about a week. So we'll probably be on like, I don't know, Matthew 24 or something by the 23 by the time you hear it. But keep pressing on in the word and the good news. Thanks y'all for coming out. Yeah.